God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for another opportunity to meet, to be present with you, Lord. God, let this last song be our prayer that you would come, that you would fill this place, God, that you would fill the words that are about to be spoken, Lord, that you would soften hearts and ears to the message that you have. God, we love you so much, and we're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a video for you right away, the very first thing. Can I talk to you for a second? So they know. Who did you tell? I didn't tell anyone. Who did you tell? Nobody. Hey, do you want to tell Stanley that I have asthma? Because I don't. If it gets out, they won't let me scuba. If I can't scuba, then what's this all been about? What am I working toward? What? You think I'm the voice of the Taco Bell dog? What are you guys talking about? I, I have a daughter. How could I be a virgin? Hey, has everyone heard a crazy rumor about themselves today? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's discredit these rumors. Yeah, sure, but who's been saying all that stuff? It's not important, Jim. I just think we shouldn't listen to any of this crap. Sure, but we should get to the bottom of this. Let's pick a rumor and trace it back to the beginning. I need to do mine first. Who's been saying that there's another person inside of me working me with controls? I heard that from Andy. I heard it from Aaron. What? I heard it from Michael. Michael. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a clip from one of my very favorite shows. Um, and it illustrates what we're gonna be talking about today. Uh, so we've been in a sermon series called My Big Fat Mouth. And I don't know about you guys, but this sermon series has been kicking my tuchus. Um, we talked first about complaining and then about criticizing, last week about lying, and this week I have the honor and privilege and absolute conviction uh, to talk to you guys about gossip, <laughs> which that is a, a great example. Um, so in this sermon series, we've been kind of discussing the different aspects of how our big fat mouths get us into trouble. And gossip and lying are probably the two most obvious on that list, right? But we address complaining and criticizing. So lying last week has very obvious implications in terms of how it can affect our lives, right? And it's incredibly negative. But I think that gossip sometimes gets shrouded in this, in this veil of mystery, if you will, where we just kind of let it creep in. It creeps in in all different kinds of ways, and it hides in a lot of the ways that we communicate with each other that we don't even realize maybe sometimes. Okay, and so that being said... Just because gossip is common and just because we do it, maybe without thinking, doesn't mean that it can't have serious implications. Uh, I'm sure that all of you can think of a time where either somebody has said something to you that they shouldn't have said, has said something about you that they shouldn't have said. You've been in Kevin's position where somebody said that there's another person inside your body. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. But I went to I went to public school. Kids can be cruel. So we encounter, it. <laughs> we encounter this in our daily lives, this idea that we are spreading gossip, we're spreading false realities about other people. So before we get too far, I'm going to boil down, I'm going to define our term, what is gossip? And pastor and writer Stephen Cole does it the best way that I could find. He says this, I'm going to boil down all these nuances down by defining gossip as sharing information which damages another person's reputation with those who have no need to know. 
It may be completely factual, but more often the one sharing it has not bothered to check out the facts, which get distorted for the sake of making it more interesting. So this is the, this is the working definition that we're going to use. Sharing information which damages another person's reputation with those who have no need to know. Okay, the Bible puts it this way in James 4. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. And slander is another word for gossip, but slander carries more weight. It carries the weight of intentionality. Do not intentionally harm somebody else with your words. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. And when you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? That's hard. Much like we talked about last week when Pastor Lindsay was dissecting Satan's plan for lying in our lives, we have to recognize that gossip does something similar. Gossip makes us the author of somebody else's story. Gossip takes God's story that he is weaving and working and writing in another person's life, it takes it into our own hands. Right? Because we are sharing information about a person that other people don't have business knowing. But, man... Sometimes gossip feels good, doesn't it? It feels good to just let it off your chest, to just vent, right? So to gossip in the name of something greater, right? And so in this, it is incredibly easy for gossip to hide. There is, if there's one thing that I need you to understand about gossip before we go any further, it's that gossip hides, right? It, it often looks like something else. It looks like, man, I, I just love that girl so much. She's so awesome. I just wish she didn't struggle with blank, right? That's gossip. So we, we can know it when we pick it apart, but it's easy to let it just go by, right? So the first place that gossip hides is in conflict resolution. We all know that gossip is bad, right? We all know that. It's one of the most obvious things. Right? Nobody thinks to themselves, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to spread a bunch of lies. What a fun time, you know? I mean, and if, if that is you, then we can talk afterward. That's fine. We'll sit down and chat. Um, <laughs> but I want to break down for you some of the places that gossip hides. And the very first is in conflict resolution. And this is a hard one, right? Because everybody has problems to solve. Right? And sometimes we don't always look at other people, or we don't always look at our situation and think that we have the fullest perspective. And so we look to other people. We're like, maybe you can shed some light in a way that I, some information to me that I don't have. Right? And so a good example that I can think of of what this might look like, um, I'm going to use an example from home. Uh, I am always leaving my dirty socks everywhere. Um, and I don't mean to, it's just like, I come home from work, right, and I'm like, ugh, gotta get this nasty sock off my foot, right, and so like, they end up like, under the couch, or, or under the other couch, or under the table in the living room, right, and so like, every once in a while, I'll see one out of the corner of my eye, um, and I'll pick it up, but more often than not, what happens is there's a pile of socks outside my door, right, when I get home. Um, <laughs> and that's totally great, right, because none of, neither of my roommates have ever come up to me and been like, hey, pick up your socks or that's it. So that's, you know, it's good. There you go. See, there she is. Okay, but 
But a good example of this would be if Lindsay were to just be absolutely fed up with my socks everywhere, which I totally get, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and she went to Elizabeth and she said, you know what, we need to do something about this. How do, you, how do you best think that I could go to Valerie and say, pick up your dang socks, right? That's one thing, that's conflict resolution, but then she just goes on and on and she says, and not only that, she leaves her dishes in the sink all of the time. She never cleans. She always leaves her pet hair everywhere. Her door is always open and her room smells and she never takes out the garbage, right? That's gossip, right? So we move from a line of problem solving of, hey, Elizabeth, how do you think that we can best approach Valerie about this? To, hey, Elizabeth, Valerie's the worst, <laughs> right? Which might be true, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I have not heard any rumors circulating around our little house, so I hope not, okay? <laughs> Here's the deal. When we, are, when we are going to another person with the purpose of conflict resolution, that's what it should be for, right? But gossip creeps in so easy there. It hides there so well because it looks like, hey, I have this problem with a person. Please help me figure it out. Oh, look at these six other problems that are not mine to address. Right? It hides very easily. That's a real good camouflage for gossip. Okay, so there's a really simple, simple, simple solution to making sure that when you are problem-solving, conflict-resoluting, is that a word? Uh, <laughs> that you are doing so without gossiping. And it's this, listen, stop talking, listen. Hey, I have a problem with this and I don't really know how to handle it. How do you think that I could go about that? And then stop talking. Right? See, there's a truth about gossip that I think we often forget. And it's that gossip will always speak and it will rarely listen. Right? Gossip likes to talk. My big fat mouth. It does not like to listen. Okay, and so the second example of this, oh, there's another part of this, right? Don't share names. Like when, you're, when you are talking to another person and you say, I have this problem at work, you don't need to share the name, right? And, and you know what I'm talking about. If I, it's not just the name. We're adults here, right? We don't always go around, oh, I've got a problem with Heidi. I'm just going to go to Frank and I'm going to say, Heidi. Right? But I could say, hey, I have a problem with this girl. She just like, she really loves the color turquoise and she's sitting in the third row and uh, man, she has long hair and she's really pretty and like, I just don't really know how to handle it. Right? And Frank would know who I'm talking about, right? He would know, right? So as adults, we could be mature about it. Don't say the names. Don't overshare the information, right? In order to seek a, pro seek a solution to a conflict. Share what you need to share and listen. Okay, and the second place that, conflict, or that gossip loves to hide is in prayer request. And this one ties right into that, doesn't it? Hey, I need prayer for my conflict resolution, <laughs> right? Okay, but it looks like, what this often looks like is, you know, Sally, I just really think that we need to pray for Sarah. If there is Sarah or a Sally in this room, I'm so sorry. I'm really not talking about you. I'm not gossiping from the stage. <laughs> Ooh. You see, Sarah just has this problem with her finances, and I know that she's struggling, but she is just spending her money on all of these frivolous things, and I have so many opinions about what she could be doing better with her money. Please help me pray for her. Right, that's a, ugh. we know that one. We've been in those prayer meetings. We've been in those small group discussions where it's just like, 
okay, can we like talk about something else now or somebody else even? I don't know, (laughs) right? Where we hear what Sally is saying about Sarah and we say this is no longer prayer request. And please hear me. Prayer request is absolutely honoring to God. Absolutely. When it's done in a holy and a righteous and a loving way, it is incredible to see the power of prayer at work. But when it's done in a way that is malicious, and when it's done in a way where you are oversharing information about another person's life, that's not glorifying. It's not. They don't need to know every single detail of information in that person's life in order to know how to pray. Okay, there's a, there's a big thing here at work. And that's that I think sometimes we have this idea that our prayers aren't effective. I have to invite that other person in. I have to include that person in this incredibly personal prayer request that somebody shared with me because my prayers aren't good enough. That's inaccurate. That's not true. It's not. Okay? But the reality is that you've been given a position in a person's life when they're coming to you in that way because they trust you because they want you to pray for them, because they've identified in you something that they don't see in themselves even. An ability to pray for them where others may not be able to. There's a super simple solution here too. Ask before you share it. Just ask the person, is it okay if I share this prayer request? And if they say no, honor that. Right? Here's the lie that the devil would love you to believe is that your prayers aren't heard by God. They are. Your prayers are just as effective as the person that you would ask for prayer. And we have to remember that the position that we are given, we are given out of a place of trust. Don't overshare those things. Okay, and then the last place that gossip loves to hide is in unaddressed hurt. Okay, the first two were kind of easy, right, because they're external. Right? When, I'm, when I'm looking to solve a problem, I go to another person. That's me engaging with another person. Right? It's not me necessarily engaging with something that's going on inside me. Right? And the second one is easy, too, because it's me engaging in prayer requests. Right? It's me saying, hey, I need prayer. This person needs prayer. These six people need prayer. They're external. This one stinks. <laughs> it is not fun. Okay? Unaddressed hurt will absolutely shroud gossip. Absolutely, because we feel justified. Okay, I have these verses for you. It's from Matthew 5, from the Sermon on the Mount, and it says this. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who was angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. So this is a passage from the Sermon on the Mount, which is in Matthew 5, and Jesus absolutely obliterates every single person in that sermon. So like, if you ever just feel like being convicted to your absolute toes, okay, go read that. It's the best and worst, my favorite and least favorite, okay? (laughs) But Jesus says something here. He says, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. 
Just like that passage earlier that I read from James, Jesus uses a couple words here that are incredibly important. Brother and sister. What does that imply? Relationship. Yeah. And we look at this passage and we think to ourselves, man, murder and anger just seem like they don't really match up. Like, if I place these on a scale, surely murder is going to be the one down here. Right? And we think about this, we're like, Jesus, you're comparing apples and oranges. It just can't be done. They're both fruit, which I've never understood that expression, but, right? Apples and oranges. One is heavier than the other, certainly. Okay, but we think about our anger and the implications that it has. How many of you watch crime TV? Like, it could be fake crime TV. Yeah, I got some in here. Okay, so I grew up watching shows like CSI Miami and CSI New York and uh, the serial killer one. I can't remember it. It's fine. Um, And then when I moved here, I started watching true crime TV like Cops, which is like equally funny and also sad. You know, it's like sometimes it's just like, what are you doing, guy? Anyway, and the first 48. And the first 48, my dad used to love that show. It's a show where detectives try to solve murders in the first 48 hours because that's when the case goes cold. That's what they call it. Like, there's less and less information available. And you know, the, the tie between all of these shows is that every single time that there's a murder, you know who they're looking for? The person who has an emotionally charged motive. Yeah. So, like, murder and anger are not as far as we would like them to believe. Not as far from each other. Okay, and <laughs> Lindsay, when she, when she heard this point, she said something really funny. She said, um, anger will cause us to do something. Or I said, anger will cause us to do things that we don't want to do or that are not wise. And she said, it's true for Batman, it's true for us. Right? <laughs> Unaddressed hurt does something to us. <laughs> Okay, so it's, it's incredibly easy to be angry at a person, even if we don't feel like we've got murder for them in our hearts. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that every time I'm angry, my thought process is, you know, I'm going to murder them. I'm just going to take care of it. Let's just get it done. Right? I, I would hope that that's not true for most of you, too. But if it is, then I'll be running out the back door after this. Um, <laughs> okay, but here's the deal. Think about a person who has hurt you a lot. Just hold that picture of that person in your mind. You just sit with it for a minute. It doesn't feel good. It kind of feels a little like bulbous and icky and gross. And now think three nice things about them. It's like really hard. It's really hard. Some of us have been really hurt. And I am not at all saying that that hurt is justified. It's not. And I'm so sorry that somebody has hurt you. And I am also not saying that after this, you just need to go and be their best buddy. That's not true either. Okay, but here's the deal. Even if we don't want to physically murder them, gossip hides here because we may want to kill their character. That's where it hides. It hides in saying all of the negative things about that person that you can think to all of the people who maybe have a good opinion of them. Right? We murder their character. There's the tie. Addressing your hurts is a real difficult thing. Nobody wants to do that. I, I think we could all go in on that and say, it's not fun to go to a person and say, hey, you hurt me. Hey, you messed up. Hey, ouch. Not good. Okay, But it is the first step 
in making sure that gossip isn't hiding there in your life. Addressing hurt builds relationship while stuffing hurts tears them down. That's the truth here. And that's the thing that we would like to not believe. It would be so much easier to not believe that. Right? Then we could go along our merry way and never have to say anything about it. We could continue to say those negative things about that person and feel absolutely justified in it. It is not fun to be hurt. Okay? But we still have a responsibility to that person. Scripture even tells us, pray for your enemy. That person may be your antithesis. They may be the person that has hurt you the most ever, and you still have a responsibility to protect their character. Right? Brothers and sisters, we are on the same team. Okay, gossip hides. That's what we've just talked about, what we've just addressed, and we've just looked at three places that it easily does so, and we let it. Okay? What can we do then to make sure that we're not doing that? Bring everything that we say to the light. Okay, and for some of us who struggle with gossip, I struggle with gossip. Guys, I work in food. I work in the food industry. Oh my goodness. It is so easy there to be like, man, that customer, I just want to show him what's up, right? Or that manager, just get him out of here, right? It is super easy. So I'm not saying at all that you won't encounter it, daily, okay? For those of us who struggle with gossip, who would say, yes, this is an area of my life that I feel convicted about, that I need to address, there are two things that you need to do. Two questions that you need to ask yourself when you're talking to other people. One, why am I saying this? That's the first one, okay? And the second, what do I hope to gain by saying this? If the answer to either of those questions is something selfish, I hope to gain that person's side, gain their trust, have them be on my side of the situation, don't say it. It's not worth it, right? And that means that you're gossiping. If it's selfish, it's gossip. Okay, and for those of you who would say, you know what, I don't really, I don't really struggle with this. Like, I say only nice things about other people. Like, I just make sure that I am my mouth is just so clean and so pure and so good, and I never say a bad word about another person to another person, great, I still have something for you. Guess what gossip takes? Two people. It takes two. It takes one to speak, one to listen. That's all it takes for a gossip to happen. A gossip, like it's whatever. <laughs> okay, so you still have responsibility in this. Okay, so for those of you who don't struggle with gossip, help those of us who do, please. Okay, and I know what you're thinking, like, it's so awkward. It's so awkward being in a situation where, like, Lindsay's just chatting my ear off about, about Sally and Sarah and their conversation, and I just got to be, Lindsay, why are you telling me this? Right, she doesn't gossip, that's why I picked her. Um, <laughs> why are you telling me this? It means a lot of awkward conversations. It means that you might be responsible for getting prayer meeting back on track. Hey, so what's going on in your life? How about let's not talk about them anymore? How are you doing? Right, it means a lot of awkward conversations one-on-one. -on -one. It means, do you want my input or are you just venting? Right, calling a spade a spade. And that's icky, it doesn't feel good, does it? Right, but like, 
by the end of the week, if you just start doing this and you don't struggle with gossip, like, ba-boom, nobody will come to you with it either, I promise. <laughs> just as much as you don't want to say it, we don't want to be called out. So <laughs> do it. It's good for both of us. Okay. <laughs> Here's the deal. It is so much better in life to hear about the things that are going on in a person's life rather than them telling you about someone else. Right? Like, how cool is it when Lindsay comes to me, when Heidi comes to me, when Val comes to me, and they talk to me about what's, what God is doing in their life, and they tell me, man, these are the ways that God is using me for the kingdom. It's incredible. That is so much more rewarding to hear about than what's going on in somebody else's life from another person. I don't want to hear that. I don't care. Right? If they want to tell me, they'll tell me. Right? So because of that, we have to take this seriously. We got to stop gossip. And it's on both sides. We have a responsibility as a team. Right? Brothers and sisters. So in this, in this sermon series, um, I have one question. Where has this hit you? Has it been in complaining? Has it been in criticizing? Maybe lying? Or is it today in gossip? I know that this is the one that hit me. I'm going to ask you to take a posture of prayer. That could be here at the altar. It could be at your seats kneeling. It could be standing up. Whatever you need to do to get close to God, please find yourself there. Okay, I need to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And the truth of this sermon series is that it's difficult. It contains so much content about the outflow and the overpouring of who we are. Right? And that stinks to come up against sometimes. It stinks to think to yourself, man, I'm a person who struggles with complaining. Or man, I'm a person who struggles with criticizing. It's not a fun place to be. But I would ask you in this moment to identify where that area is. Where is it that you are not on somebody's team? Because the truth of this sermon series is that where it hits you is the place that you're not on somebody else's team. It's the place that you're saying, you're not my brother, you're not my sister. God, we pray Ephesians 4, 29 over ourselves, over this congregation, says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. God, let that be us. Let us be people who build each other up through our words. Let us be people who find ourselves speaking kindly of others. God, who only speak about others to glorify you. God, we know that we can't do this on our own. James 3 says it says that the tongue cannot be tamed by man. So Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit intervention. Whether that's complaining about our spouses or criticizing our friends or coworkers, God, lying to our families, to ourselves, to you, God, or whether that's gossiping, spreading lies or truth about people that doesn't need to be shared with other people. God, I pray that you would intervene, that you would convict us when we do it, that we would know beyond the shadow of a doubt that we messed up. And God, in that, please give us grace. Please help us to remember that you were here, that you love us still. But God, going forward, help us to be better. Help us to be more like your son. 
God, we love you so much, and we're so grateful for another opportunity to hear from you. God, I pray that these words sink where they need to. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.